Do 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 do. Welcome back, to episode three of Caught Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I'm Meryl Koenig. Lots of news actually for this week. Not uh, just Marvel. Yeah. More things are happening. Yay. First up, actually, we have an announcement from Doctor Who. Who? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Peter uh, Capaldi is going to retire from the show by year's end as much as it feels like he just joined the show it's actually been three years Mm -hmm. which he says is the longest he's done ever done one job for and he thinks it's time for him to move on apparently some people don't like stability (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, ryan can you kind of speak on the importance of having the doctor leave because i don't really watch the show but uh, to be honest, I don't really either, but I know many people who do. One of the premises of the show, of course, is mm-hmm. that the Doctor regenerates and gains a new form every so often, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the longevity of the show, and passing it on to a new actor gives it a new life. Okay. And so a lot of people are hoping that they get a you know something different this time, because mm-hmm. the doctor has always been a white male, and there many are hoping for slightly more diversity. Yeah. Okay. But. Cool. All right. Next up, uh, we are going to fix fix some news that we incorrectly reported last time around. Uh, last time uh, we reported that there was rumored casting for Cloak and Dagger. There was rumored reporting, but it was not true. Real news came out this week. Uh, for Cloak and Dagger, they finally cast. They finally casted, and it's official. Uh, Olivia Holt and Aubrey Joseph are now the uh, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, a little bit about uh, the two. Uh, Aubrey Joseph uh, had a role in The Night of, which is an excellent TV show on HBO. Uh, and Olivia Holt, uh, similar to Debbie Ryan, is also a Disney Channel uh, alum. Uh, who is now moving into the uh, freeform uh, and Marvel world? So uh, that should be exciting. Yeah. Um, speaking of casting news, uh, the Runaways, which is another new Marvel show, which is coming to Netflix uh, next year, finally casted their Runaways. Uh, just a little bit of background about the Runaways: it's about a group of kids who uh, realize that their parents are supervillains, and you'll never guess this. You'll wait, never wait, get wait, this. wait, 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 wait. Do do they run away? Yes, they do. They run away. Um, so uh, they now uh, have their cast of, uh, I think, seven uh, main characters. Leading off, the, probably the most well-known person is uh, Greg Sulkinis. Sulkinis? Uh, whatever. Something like that. He uh, plays Chase, uh, who is uh, the son of uh, engineering genius parents. He's mo- the most known. He's uh, known for his uh, role in Faking It. Uh, he was the star of that show on MTV. Filling out the cast is a little bit more newcomers. They've they've done a couple other things, but for the most part, this is their first big role. There's uh, Renzi Feliz, who's playing Alex, who's a super nerd, whose parents are, are, are gang bosses. There's Lyrica Okano, who plays Nico, who is a sorceress, uh, whose parents also do magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia Gardner is playing Carolina, or Carolina. Uh, and she and her parents are aliens um, who can look who look like humans, uh, but they have powers and stuff. Okay. Uh, then there's uh, Ariella 
uh, Bearer, who plays Gert. And Gert, her parents are time travelers. And I guess the thing that she can do that's special to the group is she has a telepathic connection to a dinosaur from the future. Okay. Yes. That, that is a real <laughs> thing. The dinosaur's name is Old Lace, uh, and he's awesome. Um, but yeah, and then last but not least, we have uh, Allegra Acosta, uh, who plays Molly, who's the youngest of the group, but also is a mutant with super strength. Um, so that, that rounds out the cast. I'm really excited. It's one of my favorite uh, comic book series uh, by Brian K. Vaughn. So I'm excited to see that on screen. I am excited to see that dinosaur, too. Me, too. And our last bit of news for today, Star Trek Discovery had a, not really a trailer, but a sort of promo video. They started releasing some stuff for the new show coming out. They did. Uh, They're in production now. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Star Trek Discovery is the newest addition to the Star Trek TV show family. It's mm-hmm. going to be made for CBS All Access. Yes, which is the online platform that CBS is creating to try to compete with Netflix and Hulu. And yeah, so I don't. It doesn't seem like it's going to be coming to you know normal TV, which makes me kind of sad. Yeah, but, but ho- hopefully um, with CBS All Access, they'll be able to figure out a way to give it some sort of wide distribution. Mm-hmm. So everyone can watch it because I want to watch it, uh, but you know if it's online and I have to pay money to see it outside of Hulu and Netflix, I don't necessarily know if that's where I'm going to go. But we'll see. Hopefully, it becomes available. Maybe it's available on demand if you have you know CBS yeah on the cable. So we'll see. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that I'll be able to watch it. So the video, you know, it's got some uh, pictures of them building the set, some shots of the uh, the design for the uh, ship. And some of the uniforms, some glimpses of aliens. It looks very cool. It seems like they're going with a fair number of practical effects, which I'm always a fan of. Yes, that is good, not only because uh, it generally looks a little bit smoother with the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, Also, it's a lot cheaper, so it makes (laughs) sense when they're trying to go online with it. Makes sense, makes sense. So we'll have a link to that video in the show notes as well. So if they're lucky, hopefully that show will live long and prosper. (laughs) Okay, on to our main topic of the week, Powerless. A new TV show premiered just this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, on NBC. Yep, from the DC Universe. Kind of explores what it's like to be, well, powerless in a superhero world. The show takes place in Charm City. And if you were confused by thinking Charm City was Baltimore, as we are, because we are <laughs> currently in Baltimore. and uh, Spoilers. Well, yeah. Uh, what's that spoiler? Are we writing a story of our life? Is that a thing that's happening? Well, I mean, when, when they inevitably make the TV dramatization of our lives. That's true. That is true. I don't think it'll be at the end of our lives. Oh, wait. Hopefully it won't be at the end of our lives. <laughs> Knock on wood. But it takes place in Charm City. Uh, it's about um, the, the main character, play, uh, played by Vanessa Hudgens, plays uh, a new uh, director of research and development who comes on to Wayne uh, Enterprises to kind of rally the team to help them, uh, you know, come up with their first big idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a while, ever since their last big idea, the anti-Joker Venom, which is like an EpiPen. So, uh, and then she joins the team. Uh, there's a bunch of great uh, actors and actresses in it. Uh, Alan Tudyk, uh, Danny Pudi, uh, Ron Funches. Mm-hmm. So the cast is really great. It's definitely an A-plus cast. That was one of my big uh, pluses for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess first impressions, Ryan. What, what do you have to think? What do you have to think about the show? 
I mean, just watching the, it is just the pilot, uh, but mm-hmm. it seemed like it was kind of getting its feet. Part of the premise is that, you know, the main character, Emily Locke, comes in and, you know, is trying to rally all these people who are down and bored with all the superheroes flying around. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, bright and optimistic and wants to live in the big city, you know, and that it works for, you know, some of it. But I feel like once she kind of integrates in with the rest of the people in the office better, it'll have much more cohesive nature to it and it'll be better yeah i agree uh I, I thought this pilot seemed very much like a forced pilot like they had the premise of you know a bunch of uh, people working uh in research and development in a world you know where they're trying to prevent superhero catastrophes like you know uh superman laser beaming or down you know buildings and stuff which was very evident in man of steel that that is a problem <laughs> um but it did have a lot of pilotitis seemed kind of um a lot of things seemed forced there were a lot of forced references to batman uh but that being said uh i think there are some things in the show that definitely has lots of room to grow things that are really great i think with a cast like that once you know it finds its footing it should be at the very least entertaining definitely yeah have some funny jokes i mean ron funches is one of my favorite comedians so i think anything he does can't can't be that bad (laughs) no it's pretty good i mean it's going to be interesting to see how it develops. It does, at least just in the pilot, it feels a lot like just an office comedy. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see them explore more with, you know, outside the office, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in references to, oh, we're part of Wayne security. Hint, 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 mm-hmm. sort of thing. I, I agree. Um so I, I think that's funny. Just this uh, show originally showed their pilot uh, at San Diego Comic Con uh-huh. uh, a while ago this past summer, and I was reading earlier today that that pilot was completely different than this pilot. Huh. Um, which I kind of wish I got to see that other pilot, but that other pilot was set not at a research and development company at Wade Security. Uh-huh. Uh Was at a superhero insurance company. Huh. It started with the team already kind of being together and how they interacted. And instead of having Alan Tudyk play like, you know, the stupid uh, boss, you know, that occasionally has some funny things to say. Yeah. uh, He played more of like a supervillain type boss, you know, where like his his motivations were just to get money from, you know. Yeah. Like to get money from people getting injured by all these things rather than all the people that worked at the insurance agency, which uh, they were much more... Let's help these people as best we can. Okay. Um, so it, it played a little bit more on that rather than everyone saying we're tired from doing all this research and development and not, none of it being approved because, you know, it's, it's not, practical. not practical, too expensive. We need a piece of the sun, which is a line from the yes, <laughs> a line from the show. So uh, it's, it's definitely interesting to... Uh, to see the difference, or to, to read about the differences with the show. Um, on top of that, Ron Funches wasn't in the other pilot, so I think that's one thing that the new one has. Yeah. But Ron Funches was added to the cast. Like, he was supposed to join as, like, an optimistic person to kind of balance out, like, the slightly jaded uh-huh. uh, insurance people. But, you know, uh, they scrapped that idea what, with the research and development, which I think is another good idea if they do it well. Yeah. But I think at this moment, it's a little bit forced, a little bit cliche. 
you know, I think doing a, doing it as research and development is probably a better idea. I mean, it's an easier idea. It's a safer idea. And having products and things they're working on enables them to do more. Uh, Definitely more visual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would have liked to see uh, this more super villainy boss rather than just kind of the dumb boss. Yeah, the dumb cousin of Bruce Wayne. I mean, that being said, I thought there were moments with Alan Tudyk where, you know, he was just being funny Alan Tudyk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought, what, what you know, some of the stuff that he did, you know, being like overly cocky because he's a Wayne, but also being stupid and, yeah, you know, just that mix. You know, Alan, Alan Tudyk's a really great actor and he kn- knows how to portray that in a funny way. So I thought, you know, his performance in the beginning of the show uh, was, he, he had a bunch of funny lines, and you could see that that character had, you know, lots of room to grow. At the end of the episode, he kind of seemed a little bit more of like a whiny, pouty yeah. man baby, but that's the character, so. Mm-hmm. I think at the end, uh, so what happens in the episode, I guess, is that yeah. the, uh, their facility in Charm City has, you know, kind of been on down on its luck they haven't really had any big successes since uh last year with their anti-joker venom yes and you know they're gonna get shut down but you know vanessa hutchins comes in and rallies the troops and comes Mm -hmm. up with a great idea and they pitch it and sell it off to the big corporate headquarters yeah they they approve it and you know start research and development for it or not research and development these are the development for it yeah it's already been researched made and started yeah. to produce it but yeah so yeah they save the day they keep their jobs and uh alan tudyk that's his name alan tudyk yes so they not one dick tudyk yes <laughs> <laughs> alan tudyk uh is sad because he's stuck in charm city where he does not want to be yes yeah for the entire episode like his goal was to get out of charm city get to you know get to the gotham offices so it can work with bruce um, and he, he hired, you know, Emily to kind of inspire the team to get them to get the great idea so he can then yeah. take the credit and go to the Gotham offices. Yeah. It turns out they're going to shut down when they say they're going to shut down the research and development facility. Uh, he gets excited because, uh, he is going to get absorbed into the Gotham offices when everyone else loses their job. Yeah. Then that's, that's kind of the point where he turns into once, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Emily and the team save the day, uh, it turns into a. He turns into a man baby but you know yes but i think his relationship then with with vanessa hutchins being kind of adversarial mm-hmm. is a good setup for the future yeah it, it could it, there are definitely good things that could mm-hmm. that, that, that could definitely play out with with that dy- dynamic so because i could see him alternately trying to sink the company so he can go to gotham or trying to help them so that he can go to gotham yes yeah. So he, so he has lots of options as a character, whether he thinks that if he works really well and comes up with a couple other ideas, he'll be promoted or, yeah, or, you know, and uh, that'll definitely be something interesting to see play out on screen. I think my, my first comment to you after I watched this was that uh, I can't wait to see, you know, see this in one or two seasons when they fleshed it all out. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting um, to, to see how they decide to develop it develop the show especially because when the show was originally conceived it was so different it was yeah you know, like i said in, in an insurance uh, office so they originally had the idea to develop a different way i'm not necessarily sure when they made this pilot they knew that it would go down this route of yeah you know of the research and development they don't know where it's going to go because they just kind of quickly made 
but the piloter, it seems like it was, you know, quickly made, at least the script more so, and they're yeah. kind of figuring it out as they're going along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think definitely next season, uh, if it makes it, which I hope it does, it uh, will definitely be able to grow, get a little bit more grounded, not rely so much on quirks and superhero references and stuff like that. Like, I felt like this episode did a little bit. Yeah, it definitely did. But we'll see. I think that that also kind of brings up a question about uh, comparing it to other superhero TV shows. Because Powerless, yeah. the reason why this show was made and the reason why this show was exciting for a lot of people uh, was because it's a show about the powerless, the people without the superhero powers. Yeah. While there's so many other TV shows, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, um, Legion's coming out later this week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an X-Men, uh, X-Men character uh, based. There's just a lot of you know, television superhero material that is available. Uh, and this one was trying to approach it from a different angle. Was which, this the first comedy, too? This is the first comedy. Some of the other shows have comedic elements, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, Clark Gregg can be funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, Patton Oswalt's a, re- a, a, re- a recent uh, collaborator, but he also shows up every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, and he's hilarious. Um, you know, f- a flash of all the DC shows has a you know very light vibe. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, and light, I mean by light speed, not uh, <laughs> no, but uh, they they add a lot of humor and stuff like that. So it it's th- this show is the first strict comedy, um, but I think kind of where they fell is they were trying so hard to be different than all the other superhero shows. They forgot to differentiate themselves from all the average tv comedies from the past 10 years yeah um and it kind of fell into that trap a little bit hopefully uh once the show figures out what it is because really any show doesn't really have its footing until you know season two yeah or you know the end of season one at the earliest but you know it's interesting just to see where it comes i mean comparing it to agents of shield agents of shield was pretty bad for the first (laughs) i want to say three quarters maybe a little bit more of their first season because they were just oh we're you know a bunch of people that are saving the world in an airplane (laughs) but then one once uh winter soldier happened um the movie and the tv show had to sync up with like hydra yeah blowing up and becoming a threat and appearing and they Mm -hmm. they had to examine that they had to figure out how to make that uh, work in the TV show, and I think they did a really great job. They did of of showing that, and that's when the show took off to uh, be a solid um, Marvel uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Granted, a lot of their viewers dropped off before then. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's it, it's it's the case with most TV shows. They just need to find their footing. They have to know what they're doing before they really can be a good TV show. I mean, it's yeah. the case with everything, really. Yeah. Now you've watched. Have you watched uh, Flash or Arrow, the other DC? Um, so thing? I have watched a lot of Flash, a lot of Arrow, a lot of Supergirl, very little of Legends of Tomorrow, um, but that's because that's a bad show. Um, <laughs> not that much this year, but uh, that's just because, you know, college is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and studying is important, so kids stay in school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did watch a lot. I, I have watched a lot of the DC TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're fun, um, they're interesting. I think those shows do have a very distinct style um, in that they rely rely a lot on, you know, the characters um, and, you know, monologues, really. Uh, 
And, that, and that's not a reference to the name of this show. It just works perfectly. Uh, just like they have like these really in, like, deep conversations where like one person talks for like two minutes and then the other person has like a two minute response. And it's like, okay, they. It just sounds like they're having a debate. No, not, not a debate. Not where they're, you know, trying to one up the other person. It's like mm-hmm. emotional. They're trying to get into someone. It's like instead of putting them in emotional scenarios or having them like talk through the emotions which it works and it's you know entertaining uh-huh. to some extent and also the action on top of that is also good and it's done really well um and it's done for a tv budget which is also something you got to give them credit for yeah but it you know it has some of its own faults um but yeah i i, I like those shows it's fun Supergirl's my favorite of those just because i think it's the funnest it's you know yeah the most colorful um, I mean, The Flash is also good, but, you know, I, I don't like time travel, as I've explained uh, in previous episodes of this. Uh, time travel gets confusing, and uh, one of the biggest things about The Flash is time travel is yeah. a big part of his show. Another DC show that covers time travel, Legends of Tomorrow. It's all about time travel. <laughs> Not your kind of show. No, because on top of that, it's a bunch of characters that no one knows. I mean, they're, they were kind of in the other shows, and they uh-huh. brought them... To kind of be the stars of this new one. You know, they don't have comic really that much comic book reference to these characters. They don't have enough to be really invested in uh-huh. what's going on. And also because they took all of, like, the lesser actors from these other shows. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as, like, the main actors from... Yeah. You know. So, I mean, although, like, some of it's good, but it seems like some of these people are just... They're fine, but they can't carry a show. And because they have so many people that are good, but not great, that they they have too many characters, not enough time for each of them to have their own two to three minute monologue in an episode (laughs) and still have enough action and fighting and to be able to explain all the time travel. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot and it gets very confusing. And that's in my head. It it is. So now one of the big things about the DC TV shows is Mm -hmm. that there's they're all I mean, they're all in the DC universe. There's a lot of cross-continuity between them. Mm-hmm. Do you think Powerless might get drawn into that? I could see them doing it in, like, a satirical sort of way. I can see them doing it if... I, mean, I don't know. They, they might be able to bring, like, Supergirl to fly in to have, like, a small cameo. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, this show, I think, would probably be best if they avoid direct contact with superheroes. I mean, I think... I mean, maybe, like, the occasional mm-hmm. cameo, but, like, the, the superheroes would just be there more for fan service than they would be for, you know, to actually move forward the plot. Unless yeah. they can think of something that would be interesting. Off the top of my head, I can't. Focus on the characters of the show, not on the characters of the DC Universe. The show should yeah. find the show. And then if it wants to maybe bring in a superhero character, um, that might be interesting. But as of now, until they find their footing, I think they should stay away from that okay. are there any you know big events in the dc universe like with hydra coming out of shield and winter soldier that they would have to contend with um there are but the thing is uh powerless uh is different from uh different from agents of shield in that it's not related to the movies just League's gonna happen there's gonna be some big thing that goes on yeah whatever it is that's not gonna be related to the tv show mm-hmm if anything, it'll be, you know, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. They'll, they'll have some, you know, small overlap. Yeah. But as of right now, I don't see what that could be. It seems more like 
you know, when you have someone pop up on SNL to like say three lines and everyone goes crazy and starts cheering for that person yeah. when they walk onto stage and then, you know, they that's all they're doing. They were just in town and they wanted to yeah. get get a you know, get everyone to cheer for them. I, I mean, it's nice and a little bit of that is fine, just I think it would be a bad idea to go in on that early. So. I could see them in a couple of seasons having like you know, a minor superhero coming in and like pretending to be normal or something. Well, actually, in. funny you mentioned that Over- in the original TV, in the original pilot that they made, uh-huh. um, one of the characters, um, I forget the character's name. Where is it? Okay, uh, the character uh, Hank uh, Detweiler uh, was one of the characters in the original show. Does not pop up in this show, but uh-huh. one of the running jokes was that everyone thought that this one character was the Green Lantern. And they oh. kept on trying to make him <laughs> do stuff throughout, like, the episode. And, you know, from what I've read, it was one of the funnier things in that pilot. Uh, that might show up in a future episode, which, you know, that that would be... If there was a way to include a superhero, mm-hmm. I think that would be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, To not actually have them just come in as a superhero. Yeah. Have it be, like, you know, something undercover. You know, not really... Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the only way I could think that it would be worth it, but... But yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because that's <laughs> that is what they did, and that is something that, uh, from what I've read, was quite funny. So, cool. Well, let's hope they do that then. One other thing that we should probably talk about, mm-hmm. uh, just com- uh, comparing this show to what's going on with the DC multiverse, um, uh-huh. with the quality of their movies and, and yeah. the TV shows, mainly with the movies. Uh, a little bit less so with the TV shows. Like, people are watching it, but, you know, Supergirl wasn't as big as they wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, whatever. But those those movies haven't done as well as projected. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice uh, and Suicide Squad, for that matter, was predicted to be, you know, a billion-dollar movie worldwide. Yeah. I mean, more so Batman versus Superman. Um, but it turned out that domestically, Batman versus Superman made uh, $330 uh, million. Um, which was off their projection. Uh, yeah. Worldwide, it made uh, 873 uh, million, which mm-hmm. is you know lower than they projected. So yeah. it's just interesting to see how just how it played out. Yeah, um, and, and and that it's not doing as well as it should have. And also critically, I mean, I'm just giving up the numbers. I actually thought that both of those movies were quite entertaining. Even Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. That might be a a hot take. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Some parts, you know, not great, but. You know, I, I thought both of those movies were really fun movies. Not maybe the greatest, you know, structurally or story-wise, but I thought they were fun. Yeah. But, like, those two movies, Batman vs. Superman got a 27 on Rotten Tomatoes. Suicide got a 26. Wow. Uh, which, that's not good. I mean, no. it's not Fantastic <laughs> Four bad, but, like, it's... Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely wanted to do better. Uh, yeah. And I feel like some of the things that... So some of the things that DC was trying to kind of scared of before, um, like they they want things to do well, but they're afraid of taking a risk and it not paying off again. Yeah. So I feel like they might be going too safe, and I think that's kind of what they did with this show. Yeah, because I mean R and D just sounds more interesting than insurance, but you know, with it, if you go into the insurance field, that probably be a lot more interesting character, and it'd be a more interesting take rather than just yeah. we're coming up with cool things to help people with their superhero problem yeah with insurance you know you would have it would have forced the writers to think more creatively uh you'd have much more you know unpredictable events happening Mm -hmm. and also it's a lot more human 
Yeah. Because it's people dealing with people rather than people dealing with things to help uh, stop these gods from yeah. hurting other people. It's a, it's a couple steps removed from, you know, the actual human interaction, the human emotion. I mean, there is a little bit, like, within the team, like, people care about having their jobs. There's, like, Ron Funch's characters, named Ron, yeah. is, like, helping out his, you know, sick mother. Uh, you know, and that's just, that, that was just something in the episode. And that's, like, that's the most heartwarming part of the episode, but it was a throwaway line that they just included once they said that the, uh, that the branch was being closed. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot more heart would definitely help the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not entirely sure where they will find that uh, at this moment because they changed some of the heart into cool visual, you know. Wait, wait. Are we talking things. about Powerless yeah, or powerless. the DC Universe? Because that sounds like exactly the same problem there. Well, no, it, 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 is, it is very similar. I mean, I don't want to talk too closely about what's going on in the DC universe. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it, it's it's a definite problem that I think kind of permeates throughout. And it, it, it's interesting kind of bringing it out to a full, to a wider view of all movies yeah. um, going on. Because like Marvel, you know, although all of Marvel, Mar- Marvel movies have so far been successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, financially, at least per their, yeah. what they were projecting, uh, as they've all been successful and they've all been, you know, well rated. I mean, the worst being the Hulk, but that did better than any of DC's movies yeah. so far. But people are still viewing those movies as not good because they're just tired of seeing superheroes do super stuff. I mean, that that's yeah. not everyone, but like people that, mm-hmm. you know, consume so much entertainment and so much stuff, they're probably getting a little bit too much superhero. Yeah. And I think. This show would have been interesting if they broke from that. And I yeah. think by making it about the R&D is a little bit too superhero-y versus uh-huh. the human part of it, which has been less uh, talked about in these movies, TV shows, and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it feels like, at least from the pilot, you know, it was kind of a, well, they have the great idea. Yes, they did. Yay, the day is saved sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, if they just repeat that formula for every episode, it's not going to, the show's just not going to last long at all. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, th- there's good people working on that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have full faith that they'll be able to make it a different thing every episode, but that is a very easy trap to fall into, because that's the easy way, easiest way to make the show. It's yeah. the safest way to make the show, because, you know, it's an easy, every episode has a beginning, middle, and end, which is good, but also not that good because it's yeah. becomes it's the same thing every time yeah so we'll see how how they recover from that but now yeah, it's definitely something to, to keep an eye out for i mean if they were willing to change the pilot so dramatically i think they'll be able to change the direction of the show if they need to i mean i think now that they showed showed this new version of the pilot they're kind of stuck with it a little bit yeah but they can I'm sure they'll be able to make it, make it something interesting. I mean, yeah. the, these people are professional writers that know what they're doing, and they've probably been writing TV shows for years, and they know how to make interesting workplace comedies. Because I think there is a place for a good workplace comedy. Yeah. The only thing is, you need to make it different enough from what we've already seen and what's currently out there mm-hmm. to make it interesting. And I think the superhero twist is good. That's a good start. Yeah. But they need they need something more. They need something, 
you know, we need to care about these characters. They need to give us something to, you yeah, know, week-to-week basis, something to, to really get invested in. Superheroes, it's a good premise, but it's not a connection with the audience. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any more points to make about Powerless? I don't think so. All right. Then I think we should wrap it up here. Um, so a quick plug for myself. Um, I just uploaded uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, a new episode of my podcast on set with Errol Koenig uh, with Emma Niedel. Uh She's a screenwriter. Um, a good one, if I do say so myself. Um and uh, she wrote a script, which um, was first bought by Harpo Productions, which is Oprah's production company, with David Oyelowo, attached to star and produce. Um, and then on top of that, uh, once Disney saw that Oprah was involved, they were like, we'll have some of that, please. And they went in there, too, uh, <laughs> and uh, decided to uh, buy that. So, or b- buy that script. Um, so that's really great. She's working on that now. They allowed her to keep a lot of the creative rights. Um, or not creative, the creative power. So she gets to do the rewrites of the sh- of the uh, script, because um, cool, um, which is really cool. Um, but you know what? I could talk about it forever. It'll be much more interesting if you hear from her. So check out my podcast, uh, On Set with Errol Koenig, available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, so check it out. Cool. So finally, if you like this podcast, make sure to give us a good rating. Uh, subscribe uh, to this on iTunes and SoundCloud. And also, don't forget to like our Facebook page to uh, stay updated. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.